Welcome to Explore Everywhere podcast, where we explore the world through hiking trails, go and see some amazing places, and meet the people who love and protect them. Welcome to the first episode of the Explore Everywhere podcast for the 2021 season. It's the May long weekend, and that is usually the kickoff to adventure for the summer in New Brunswick. We got out on our first paddle today at the Benton Deadwater. The wind was just enough to keep the flies off but not too much to make it difficult paddling if you want to see a video from that adventure you can check it out on paddling nb facebook group i'm excited today my first episode for the season i get a chance to interview emily taylor smith she's an author she's done some really long hikes and wrote a couple of books about it we'll talk more about that when we get into the episode both books are available on the explore everywhere media web store you can get to the web store from links on the Hiking MB website. So without further ado, let's get into the conversation with Emily Taylor-Smith. I'm here today with Emily Taylor-Smith, who is the author of two books. The first one is Around the Province in 88 Days, One Woman, Two Pairs of Sneakers, and 3,000 Kilometers of Nova Scotia Coastline, which was a big, big hike. The one we're going to talk about more today is the second book, which is No Thanks, I Want to Walk, Two Months on the Foot Around New Brunswick and the Gas Bay. So two big long walks and two great books. I haven't read the Nova Scotia one yet, but it is, I've started it. Awesome. I grew up Emily Taylor in Salisbury, New Brunswick, mm-hmm. and uh, but I've been living in Nova Scotia for most of my adult life. I'm married now, Emily Taylor-Smith. And um, it's just a dream of mine that uh, that I got to do these long hikes and such a dream. Like ever since I was a little girl, the idea of being able to write and be published, it just uh, I just am blown away by my my good fortune. So I'm so glad I get to share the experiences that I had on the road um, with people through my book now. And uh, I've got to say, I was pretty young when I developed uh like a passion for long distance walking. Um, And it just grew and I got these fantastical ideas first to hike the coastline of PEI because I love being near the ocean. And then um, I was able to do Nova Scotia by myself, but meeting other walkers along the way. And then lastly to do New Brunswick and the Gaspé, which just took me two months. And uh, I was camping for that one. Just. (laughs) (laughs) so with Salisbury you you grew up on a farm I think it said in Salisbury no you might call it a hobby farm my dad actually worked for the Times Transcript for a while and my mom taught at the community college in Moncton but when I was growing up we had you know like two pigs one cow one year maybe 10 chickens and dad I I might place them like into that back to the landers category like because He yeah. got our property in the late 60s, early 70s, and he had a big garden. And we we grew up on organic produce when no one was talking about it. Yeah, sounds similar. I have my both my grandparents, one in the Nashwalk out in Pontiac and one in Doaktown. They both had small farms, I guess, where they had cows and, and farmland. Like, And uh, the river was there and the woods were there. So lots of places to explore. Sounds similar. So he explored the woods quite a bit around Salisbury and beyond. Yeah. My dad had trapping lines, if you can believe it. Like I remember following him through the woods. And so those would be, would have been, you know, areas, crown land, areas that his grandfather showed him. And uh, and so I always remember doing that. And then, of course, it's considered like a safety hazard now, but we just biked everywhere, right, in the rural areas when we were kids and explored that way. And and then I was um, I studied theater in university and I had been to a couple of different cities and theater gigs and just did these long walks, you know, you do a show at night and so you'd Mm -hmm. have things to do during the day, it would be your own time. And I remember one time I walked like three hours to the West Edmonton Mall and I just had this crazy sense of elation, you know, that I had accomplished that. And, uh, And then I got the bug, the idea, of walking my favorite place along the ocean like and so it became a dream of mine to walk PEI yeah 
So you walked around PEI. You, haven't, you never wrote a book about that. I thought it might be in the Nova Scotia book, but PEI wasn't in a no, book. I, uh, it was my first long walk like that, or like the, an idea that I conceived and was able to follow through with, but my first marriage, and it's kind of like, it's, I find it hilarious now because like we didn't live together before we got married. So we got married and the next week set out to walk 30 kilometers a day for five weeks and try not to get on each other's nerves. Um, But we did it, you know, and, and it, it was as spectacular as I had envisioned just because PEI roads, especially follow the coast, I guess the same thing really in, in all of the Maritimes provinces, but the views and the kindness of the people, it really was extraordinary, but I, n- I never wrote that one up. Did you follow the rail beds any there or mostly just, uh, I don't know if the rail, rail beds were trails then or would they have been? It was, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, pe- some people questioned like, well, why didn't you just do that? The PEI famous, you know, trail. I, I wonder how many years it was 20, 2006 when we did it. So it had been going for a while, yeah. but it was, um, it runs through the center of the province, right? So they had the, yeah, like the train line. Off it. it's, yeah. They wanted to connect as many communities as possible. So I'd say there were probably half a dozen times that our coastal road might meet it. And so we'd follow it for a couple of hours and then come back out. One of those places where it narrows in, I think, parts of the province. St. Peter's, it was the, one of the most spectacular places yeah. where we were on it for a while. And the views around St. Peter's were, yeah. Great. Yeah, we've been out to Greenwich Dunes a couple of times with the kids and family, and it's just amazing out there. And that whole area is amazing, beautiful. And they actually have a trail that they're developing around the coast. Not a trail, but basically a, a trail around the roads, around the circumference of the island. I think it's called the Island Walk. There's a website for it and everything. So I'm definitely going to check that out. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's pretty cool. So then from that, you expanded to Nova Scotia. Yeah, it's funny to think too, because at that time I was waitressing in Halifax and um, like my day to day walking wasn't anything like it is now. I guess I hadn't figured out just what walking does for my like sense of well-being and my state of mind. So now like walk one to two hours a day just, you know, as part of my life. But at that time I wasn't, but I just couldn't get it out of my head that I wanted to to hike Nova Scotia the the whole perimeter and I don't know if you get excited about this too but I would just spend hours poring over maps there was just something about that like in measuring the distances (laughs) and like and then maybe because the internet right right around 2009 it wasn't like what it is now but I would explore um you know images if I could and see what it would be like and and then just try to dream it imagine where I might stay and uh, and and then I just kind of like decided I was going for it and mm-hmm. and then I had to figure out financially how it was going to do it so it it really was like about an eight or nine month process trying to put feelers out and get in touch with people because I arranged for billets for 88 nights on the road like yeah, with yeah. strangers it was kind of crazy that's a lot yeah it's amazing so you started in Halifax and when I did I, I hit um, hit Peggy's Cove the first night mm-hmm. and Bootlier's Point the second night. I was estimating 40 kilometers yeah. and and picking small communities where I was pretty sure I could find somewhere to stay. I had this fallback idea that if I couldn't make a contact um, through like a friend of a friend that I went to university with or like there were people that I stayed with that my mother went to university with in the 1950s and hadn't seen since oh, wow. <laughs> like, but I had this idea that if I, could, if I couldn't find anybody I might call like the municipality or a church or something and yeah. like sometimes that worked um, and like I think the municipality of Port Hawkesbury paid for me to stay at a bed and breakfast and oh, and that wow. kind of thing yeah. and and I did um, affiliate with the Heart and Stroke Foundation and the Brigadoon Children's Camp Society so um, people liked the idea that they could support a cause as well. Yeah definitely. And yeah, I, I followed the coast. I remember it took me from May 13th to May 29th to get to Yarmouth. Mm-hmm. And then... It's a beautiful part of the <laughs> province. Yeah. And, and it was all new to me too, right? Because when I li- uh, lived in Halifax, those first 
10 years or so, like I didn't have a car, so I wasn't exploring the province by car as much. So these were all like areas I'd heard about, but never explored. So really seeing them up close. And then, yeah, following the Northern shore, I did, I didn't do like the zigzag up to the water at like Port George and then come back down to Middleton. I just stayed on the number one. Yeah. And then when I got over to Cape Breton, Mm-hmm. Uh, I walked the causeway and then went around and then I was coming down the eastern shore on my final stretch. Oh wow. Amazing. I gotta read the book now. <laughs> <laughs> you know the book is is less about my internal journey and more about the people I met because if you can imagine like staying with a stranger every night they all have yeah. a story about their community or why they moved back or a grandparent or an ancestor like I found that fascinating learning about people's families yeah I found that a lot in reading the no thanks I want to walk that it was kind of a balance between like the nature side of the walking and then but all the people that you meet in between and stayed and just to ask people for where to stay and stuff like that so yeah really good because i mean in the past i've got the idea that some people go out and hike to get away from stuff but in my experience it's more you're going out to meet people or you're sharing that with other people it's kind of more of a people thing but maybe that's more of a personal preference i guess i think the nova scotia walk really was a mix because the time that i was walking alone was not quite equal but almost because in Nova Scotia I was inviting people to walk with me and sometimes people would just arrange to walk with me for five hours you know and and I don't know if you agree with me but there's something that happens when you're walking and talking with somebody that's different than if you're just like sitting down at a table having a conversation like I think the motion and not not staring into each other's faces like you can share different things yeah it's just more relaxed and more yeah it flows better yeah we even see that with the kids and even when me and vicky go it's just like it's a whole different experience we actually we go on walks to to actually talk about stuff (laughs) kind of thing (laughs) i totally get that i totally get that yeah so you did nova scotia and that (laughs) the bug kept on (laughs) <laughs> yeah um, and then you you plan started planning for New Brunswick right away or did you take a while to plan after Nova Scotia I knew that I wanted to do it and I had proven to myself that I could do it alone yeah um, so that was big but uh less than a couple of years after getting back from Nova Scotia my first marriage ended and I started my own business which was a tour business mm-hmm. yeah so I was very focused on getting that running that was kind of a neat because it was a walking tour but we stopped at restaurants yeah um, so it's kind of like and I had worked in the service industry for so many years so it was a neat kind of marriage of my oh, my favorite things being outside all day and and exploring food so but then it I mean it was I was only doing it for like five years and and I knew that I had been there done that and now I can't stop thinking about hiking yeah. and so um gladly a friend of mine was interested in just kind of taking the business and running with it and so I knew that I had like enough savings to go on my own especially if you know I was camping and yeah I started planning it and I mentioned in the book too how my my partner Darren was very very nervous about the idea of me being on my own but I, I had that experience too, right? Of how in Nova Scotia, everyone was so kind and helpful and I didn't feel threatened at all. Have you proved him wrong now or is he still nervous? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think he's still nervous. Like he, he talks about, you know, how it would be better if I, if I did it with a partner, you know, the yeah. next time we did a long hike. But it really is a testament to the Atlantic provinces and the, and the nature of Maritimers, that, that helpfulness, I think. I, yeah. I really wonder, I mean, I guess it would, I would just have to explore different parts of the world hiking, but I really think that, that it's special that I had that experience in all three provinces. Yeah, I think I think everywhere is overhyped for the danger, but there's definitely a higher level of people being friendly, I think, in the Maritimes. And be welcome to letting you stay on their lawns and <laughs> all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, any favorite spots around? I guess New Brunswick, the Gas Bay hike. It is tough. I was thinking about it 
always hurts. You know, every day is such, you probably know that feeling, right? Every day you get up early, you start moving and it's like, everything is just so fresh and new and glistening with dew and exciting yeah. and that. But I, I keep remembering this area. It was, I was coming out of like new mills and I hit Charlotte mid morning oh. and I could start to see the gas bay across the yeah. water. And that whole day, right, Charlotte, and then coming into Dalhousie, and then towards Campbellton, like, it was just magical. Yeah. I'll just never forget it. Yeah. I was up there actually a couple of weeks ago in Charlotte, and when you get down to Eel River Bar, where that long beach goes across, you probably walked across that, and you start yeah. seeing the mountains on the other side. It's just, I used to work up in that area, and I used to sit in the office and look across at the mountains on the other side and just dream about <laughs> going over there and hiking. Yeah. And something so changeable about it. I don't know if it was like the weather that day. Like I felt like it went from kind of like dark and misty to like bright sun glistening. Like I felt like the mountains were changing in some way, like as I progressed on my route. Oh, it's amazing. And the gas bay was really nice. It was and that I'm going to use the word variable or changeable for that experience too, because the South shore of the gas bay, I found completely different than the North shore. And that made it such an exciting exploration. It was all the sandy beaches and the long views. Yeah. You'd have hills up on like the ocean was on my right for that first. Well, I guess it was the whole way around, but you know, you'd have these long hills. And then when, once I kind of, did the crick of the peninsula and started yeah. heading back it was just it was those you know those pictures you see everywhere right that the mountains were yeah. like so close you could touch them and the ocean so close you could right. touch it you're yeah. just on this little strip of land extraordinary and I noticed the wind was like yeah. I just turned that corner of the peninsula and it was just like <laughs> someone just turned on a, a fan full blast but I love that. I mean, and how incredible that here we are. It like, and Darren drove to meet me on my last day or when I finished. And I mean, what is it like 10, a 10 hour drive from Halifax to the Gas Bay. And it's like another continent. Like it, it's so different. It, it really is. I mean, how amazing that we have that so close. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's why I'm surprised. I've never really explored <laughs> that that whole peninsula. I've virtually explored it on Google Maps and <laughs> yeah. lots of times. I know all the mountains. I know all the areas. <laughs> I haven't been there yet. It's just not. You'll love it. There yet. Yeah, no, you I will love it. So your experience with the Fundy footpath was a little bit challenging. I almost feel sad that I didn't, um, <laughs> but I was being honest, I guess. I just really struggled and it could have been like, I was thinking about it. If I had done that on the last week of my 60 days on the road, yeah. I wonder if I would have had a different experience than doing it on like day eight. Because yeah. I had really only been on the road for a week. Oh, so you weren't used to the walking yet, you think? I think that was part of it, yeah. But it is so it's such an extremely different experience than what I was doing, which was walking on pavement, yeah. you know, and I didn't anticipate it. I really had no idea. And it's so funny, too. Like I read blog entries about it. I remember going on YouTube and watching a video of this couple who decided to run it in 24 hours with headlamps, yeah. like in the run of the path. But no, I didn't get it. I didn't get what it was going to be like. Um, I'm so glad I did it with my friend, Laura. I mean, I suppose people do it alone. They don't recommend it. But um, I yeah. don't know if I would have. Pretty busy. Yeah. Did you, but, you did Nova Scotia, did you get around Cape Chignecto area? Or did you? No, that you was because, because I would have had, I couldn't find a billet in there. You know what I mean? It was too yeah. many kilometers. So I just um, skirted that and went to Apple River. Okay. But, and that was that interesting because there was, it was like an old logging road, I think, that kind of skirted Cape Chignecto. Yeah. And that was almost like a path in the woods. It was so overgrown, but I had someone with me that day too. So, no. yeah, I just, I found the funny footpath really tough, but I write in the book as well. 
I noticed the people around us were taking their time, you know, yeah. and I really think as well as uh, wanting to be in a little better conditioned next time, but just to take my time. And that's the point of it, right? Is to enjoy and like smell the roses. But instead, I just had this kind of crazy regimented schedule, partly because I, I, my expectations are too high. Yeah, but I, I have a bit of that myself. <laughs> <laughs> It is an extraordinary spot, like, I mean, world renowned, right? And yeah. I, I do want to do it again because I do want to have a different experience rather than just kind of like pushing oh, my way through. You did it fairly quickly. Did you do it in like two days? Is that? Or? Yeah. So we started, we started, we camped overnight, like at the beginning at the bridge. Yeah. And then we started. And so that first day we got to um, Little Salmon River. And then the second day we got to Cougar's Lair, but uh, the next morning we woke up, we only had an hour and a half or two hours and we were done. So, yeah. Yeah. But then we walked the length of Fundy Park. (laughs) Which is actually, they've extended it officially this year. They've extended the Fundy footpath to go to the visitor center at Fundy Park along the coastal. That's awesome. So I think it's 63 kilometers now, but. Did you have, there's no other landscape that you walked that was that rugged either, was there? Like that would have been your most ups and downs and steep hills and stuff? Yeah, and even even hiking the Cabot Trail, you know, like with those summits. Yeah. It was different because um, I could just take my time and and there was less of a, you know, up and down and jumping brooks and that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, it's a rugged country. That's basically the biggest advice I give anybody is to, to take the time and, and don't rush it because yeah. it, it's a lot and of work. They do, they do um, in all the guidebooks and, you know, they do recommend that, but I just ignored them. It, it's like, um, like an ego, right? I was like, yeah. well, every other day I'm walking 45 kilometers. This whole thing is about 45. I can do it in two days, but it just, I just didn't know what that does to you. Um, when you're uh, going up and down when I think about it too like I think our, the conditions were very good when we were yeah. there because other people do it at different times of the year and there's like gushing streams yeah. and uh yeah, yeah muddier conditions yeah definitely now we had kind of the reverse experience because we started we started our overnight hiking at the funny footpath so we thought we thought it was normal to only get a few kilometers like <laughs> a day kind of thing so now when we go up to the Pisigua Trail up in the northern part of the province, it's, it's pretty flat across along the river and we cover ground like crazy, but we're used to the funny footpath kind of set right. up what we can do. So, yeah. yeah, I wanted to say to um, our parents took us to Fundy Park regularly, you know, when we were kids and it's still like one of my favorite places in the world. I just can't get over the number of different trails and how it's all laid out. I just think it's extraordinary. So did you do a lot of hiking when you went to Funny Park? Yeah, we would always do some of the trails. I mean, their kids, my brother's eight years older than me. So I imagine they were choosing trails too, <laughs> so that we didn't, ex- you know, collapse. But uh, I don't think we did super difficult ones. But uh, yeah, we would definitely all hike together. I even remember hiking a section of the Dobson Trail in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's very different now. We certainly yeah. didn't do the whole thing. So you had daily lessons in this book? I did. Still follow? Still remember? I I really do. Like, I feel like, you know, in my 40s, I had kind of a life change about kind of how to deal with life better and how to cope a little better and how not to get caught up on my thoughts so much. I don't know if that's something that naturally happens with age, but I feel like it's a daily practice of mine just to make life more enjoyable. So I feel on the road, right, it helped me put a focus on that being alone and uh, alone with my thoughts. And then also being close to the ocean and being in nature like that, I find it helps clear your head a little bit. You get some perspective, you have a little more space in between your thoughts. So some of the daily lessons were like realizing how quickly I can be in a good state of mind. And then suddenly my brain goes to this like, what if situation and it gets me all in a, in a knot. And so I definitely take those lessons with me and lessons about fear, like really, unfounded i guess just 
taking the space to take my thoughts with a grain of salt. Yeah. I think, I think walking in general, I, I read a book, the nature fix and it, it, it was going through all like scientific studies of what the benefits are of walking. And the one that stuck out to me was it, it reduces rumination. So those negative thoughts, it kind of reduces those, which makes a lot of sense to me. I have a picture in my head of when I walk, negative thoughts are kind of blowing off me and I'm leaving them behind. That's the image I have in my head. <laughs> That's a great image. I read to, uh, I read a biography of Beethoven once and he used to, that was his routine. He'd go for a three hour walk and yeah. then he would come home and write symphonies. And it totally makes sense to me. It, it does something to you. Yeah, I think a lot of famous people through history. I think Einstein was another one that walked quite a bit to think about yeah. stuff. No, it's great. Have you heard of the book uh, Born to Walk? I don't think so. It sounds very The Canadian journalist, he's a very, very good writer, and it yeah. does talk about walking in a number of different ways of the history of it as well. And I, I can't remember his full name, but um, uh, if you, I think you'd be interested in it. You should check it out. Yeah, I like any of those books that delve into the deeper parts of it. I think societally, people are catching on more now of the benefits of walking. And it's free. <laughs> yeah, and it's free, yeah. No, that's one of the things we started when, when the pandemic hit last year and we were working from home every day at, I think, 5 o'clock, we'd go for a walk with the kids. No matter how many kids were here, they everybody goes for a walk. Like we said before, the, the conversations we have are whole different conversations. Were the kids, I'm just interested, were the kids reluctant or did they, did they uh, just? Some days, but for the most part, they were happy to get out of the house too, I think. I know somebody who says, uh, move a muscle, change a thought. Yeah. Which is a good expression. That is definitely a good expression. Have you always done a lot of walking outside of your big walks? I'd say that I got into that after I got back from Nova Scotia, after for Nova. sure. And, uh. I don't know if it happened sort of naturally, just, I just realized how much better I felt on a day-to-day -day basis when I did that. So since we moved to Dartmouth, we've got two dogs now and we're very close to an off-leash dog park called the uh, Shuby Park. Yep, I know. So um, I take them twice a day without fail. So, and then we're close to Lake Bannock. That is another thing that I love being in Dartmouth is, um, in Halifax, when I was running the food tours, I would walk about 45 minutes just to get down to the tour site. But it was, you know, the cityscape. Yeah. And it, I don't know if you're like this too, where you grew up, but growing up in a rural area, like as a young person, I was like, oh man, I got to get to the city. I got to yeah. get to the yeah. city. <laughs> and then like, after being in the city, like hitting my 40s, it's like, oh, I need some space. I need to get out of the city. So, I mean, just moving from Halifax to Dartmouth, it kind of made that that stretch for me because there's lakes really close by and there's lots of little walking paths even between uh, neighborhoods and subdivisions. There's little- Yeah, there's a lot of trails in and around that yeah. whole area. That's, Nova Scotia is something we want to explore more. We just haven't yet. We've done a lot of exploring in PEI in the last few years, but Nova Scotia is definitely on the map. Gas Bay is definitely- Newfoundland, you had plans to go to Newfoundland, I think, at some point. Maybe try that out or? Yeah, well, that's, uh, you're saying like you always wanted to go to the Gaspé. I've, it's one province I've never been to. And so I really do want to explore it. And I think I'll do it differently. Like, I think I'll just explore the trails, you know, rather than yeah. trying to do like a through line. And a very because, remote province. Yeah. Yeah. And the trails are on different parts. Like I'll, I'd like to explore different parts of the province, but rather than I had this idea that if I did the Avalon Peninsula, you know, I could do like a through line and hug the coast. And maybe I'll do that someday. But I think first I'd really like to explore the trails because they've put a lot of resources into their trails, and they're really well documented. And oh, I've been yeah. there. I've been there twice, and and. I talk about it all the time going back. I, I love it there. It's amazing. It's, well, it's the same thing. It's that coastal mountains. Like it's just, it's, it's really amazing. I'll pick your brain then for, uh, for what areas to check out because um, yeah, I gross, really know very little. Yeah. I gross morns near the center of like all the, the hiking side of things, but even to the South of gross morn, there's a blow me down mountain. I think it might be provincial okay. park. 
My cousin went there and he said it was absolutely amazing. Same landscape, that mountainous with the bays and the ocean and stuff. That's really amazing. St. John's a whole other experience. It's the city side of things. And you have St. John's with the bay there. But even up around the peninsulas and stuff is amazing. I was there both times for weddings. The first time was on the St. John's side. The second time was on the over in the Cornerbrook area, north of that. But any of those coastal communities, they'll have little trails out around the bays and stuff. Just unreal. There's one I went to, I think it's at Kings Point. I think it's the Alexander Murray Trail is what it's called. But it, it's basically, they built a staircase up the side of this mountain and it looks out over the bay. And like, it, there must be 500 steps to get to the top. Like, it's, it's just crazy. It passes by like three waterfalls. It's just, and it's all that kind of mossy kind of Newfoundland landscape that's so cool wow yeah I did um some hiking in Italy once and I remember there on the Amalfi coast there were I think it took us like three hours to climb these stairs you know up to this this part and uh, we did a volcano as well um that was an extraordinary experience yeah, I'd like to do that. I think I read somewhere this morning in an interview that you did that you, you have plans for whales. I had it booked. We had the oh, we, had book. we had it all booked and then the pandemic hit. So um, just exploring the number like the number of trails that that hug the coast in yeah. Wales. Um, yeah. but the one that we were looking at was Pembroke, but any of them I would like to give a shot. And there are, there are companies that like you could do a self-guided thing mm -hmm. or they they help you by, you know, taking your bag and telling you which bed and breakfast you're going to stay in which night. I don't care how I do it, but yeah. I looked at pictures of it and I got emotional and was like, I have to go there. Yeah, my sister lives in Newcastle, so we've been over there a couple of times and it's just there's trails everywhere and they're like, it's it's amazing. Just we went to the Lake District, we went up into Scotland, like just everywhere you go, there's like amazing trails and it's just endless. And she, she puts pictures on every week of she's going for walks and it's just these amazing hikes and she's just going in the countryside around where she lives, so. And it's more of the culture there too, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, there's walking groups all over the place and it's just amazing. And the history and stuff too. So, the book writing side of things, but are you more excited about the book writing side of things or the walking side of things or is, or is one better than the other or is it just, is it just all part of the package? Yeah, I don't know if I can, as I said at the beginning, like they're just both dreams of mine. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I've just been journaling and writing my whole life. So it just seemed natural I'm, to put it all down on paper, you know, when I got home from my walks yeah. And I actually got into poetry a little bit this year, which I'm really enjoying and not knowing what I'm doing. But so, yeah, I think writing will always be a part of my life and walking. But it's so funny because it felt so natural for me just to write it down. And then uh, it was my mother who said, did you know that Pottersfield Press has a prize for creative nonfiction? And, you know, you should submit this. Okay. And I was like... I can't submit my bad journals to Pottersfield Press, you know, like yeah. I had no idea that, you know, that it would be cohesive enough that they would want to work with it. So yeah. it, it just felt like such a bonus, but I think I'll continue to, uh, to so document were, my journey. In Nova Scotia, you weren't even sure you were going to write a book about it? I wanted to, but I, to be honest, I, I wasn't sure if I had the um, stick-to-itiveness yeah. and it, actually took me nine years like I kept saying I'd be I'd be running my walking tours and I'd be like I gotta fulfill that dream to write that book <laughs> you know yeah. and it was like okay well next time or I might like get a little bit started and uh, I was almost amazed at myself when I got the bug and actually found myself sitting down at the computer for like two hours a night and yeah. and then I and um, it was it was exciting actually to have that space of time between finishing it and then listening to my recorded voice journals. And so I, it was like a real re-experiencing. But when I got back from the New Brunswick and Gaspé hike, it was the first thing I did. I just yeah. sat down and just wrote and wrote and wrote until it was all out. Cause uh, it, yeah, it was just- I find The book writing can go either way. It's either really tedious or it's somewhat <laughs> enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. I've written some guidebooks and stuff, and it's just, it's for me, it's a little bit more tedious. I'd like to write <laughs> books at some point, but it, it's it's a lot of work to go into them. It's amazing. It could be for me that those aspects, so like when I hike, really I I like to be close to the ocean when I'm hiking is like my thing so maybe my thing when I'm writing is not not to write research books or you know it's maybe just to write about my hiking experience maybe that's where I'm most comfortable I don't know yeah I think I get a bit of what what you say when I when I create the websites for the hiking stuff I'm going through the pictures again I'm going through and like I'm I'm Ah. reliving it all again going through the maps again and I, I love that part like the yeah, kind of revisiting of it. That's the part that uh yeah, it's it's my passion. So what are your hopes to inspire others with some of this stuff? Well or are you writing it more for yourself? Um I do love the idea. I mean the number of people here in um Halifax Dartmouth that have read the Nova Scotia book and said it inspired them to go explore certain areas. I find that really exciting. Yeah. Um, I have this thing about walking. Like I sound like a broken record, but I, I feel like people don't understand how it can make their life better. So I just keep wanting to tell people that I was going to say too, like I had an opportunity. My mom really loves to travel. So before all this hit, like she was able to take and like with my tour season, right. I would have winters off. And so she invited me and my sister on these trips to like Germany and, and Hungary and Italy. And I discovered that, that we would be in these places and, you know, you would have, you would walk throughout the day to explore, but like for me to really enjoy it, getting up by myself at six in the morning and going for a walk by myself and exploring like that was, it's like, it set me for the whole day. And uh, I don't know, like, I, I guess there's a chance that that could just be like you and me, like we happen to have that special passion or whatever, but I think with all of the studies that they've done, um, that's how I want to inspire people. It's like, it does something for your well-being and your, mental health and I don't think it's any accident that we're kind of like born into nature <laughs> like yeah. you know we need to be in touch with it hey have you ever heard that thing where they say if you spend your life walking on like synthetic sneaker soles you're not like in touch with the actual earth and that if yeah, you spend a certain yeah. yeah if you spend a certain amount of day barefoot on the earth it'll change kind of your well-being i don't know i want to explore it more yeah some of the studies i was fascinated with i might have been from that nature fix book was which i never even thought of before but people that grew up in toronto and have never left toronto their whole lives when they come out they they can't even maneuver down like small hills because they've never walked on a hill before like it's 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 so foreign to them and it's just it's just amazing to me that (laughs) But I mean, even when you start walking or hiking on difficult trails, like the Fundy footpath, it takes a while for your brain to get used to walking on that kind of terrain. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. I mean, I didn't even think about that. I was just saying like, oh, I'm not strong enough or whatever. But yeah, it's like a skill that you're developing. Yeah, no, definitely. And then definitely the mental benefits is huge. And I think people are starting to dig into that more. And I hope that expands over time and kind of that, how people understand it, I think. Other thing I've heard too is when you walk in the woods in nature for a long, I think it's like three days before you get into that nature brain, kind of it's a whole different mode of your brain working in a different ways. Yeah. Doing it for thousands and thousands of years and we've kind of gotten away from it. Yeah. When you hear about like indigenous traditions about going out on your own for time, like, um, you can have kind of inner awakenings and, and yeah. that kind of thing. You know, it's, it's something that our cultures really got away from. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, it's like, it's time to add some of that back. Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's a difference between the long walks and the short walks, but both give you some of the benefits. I think so. Yeah. It's, it's just being a part of your life on a daily basis. So for the bigger walks, did you find any of them were transformational Well, I have this theory um, that 
the Nova Scotia walk. Sometimes I think there was something larger than me at play because it was like, I got this idea in my head to do it. It made no sense. Like my first husband was like scrambling to pay the bills while I went off and did this. And he was nervous about me being alone as well. It, um, you know, I met people on that walk. They were like, oh, I just assumed you'd be retired. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I was like 37. And um, so it was like, I got this idea. It got a hold of me. And I just became almost obsessed about it. I made it happen. And then when I got back from the walk, it was like, I couldn't face this life that I had uh, created for myself is like I was working retail at at that time and uh, was sort of like I can't live like this and everyone around me was like "Um, you have like a government job like this is you're very privileged you know and and it was like so I feel almost like something larger was at play like this idea took a hold of me and when I came back after having this experience which I think had like that kind of mind opening yeah. um, spiritual nature because it was outside it was like you come back into this non-spiritual environment and it's like I can't live like this which caused me to examine these patterns of life I was in which is like escaping my emotions with alcohol and overeating and you know kind of hiding and that kind of stuff and so because of that because uh, it caused suffering to say like I can't live like this and I don't know why then it it actually got me to the point where I like was willing to do some work and and try to look at a new way to live so I do think it's possibly the most transformational thing that's ever happened to me yeah yeah yeah, I find, yeah, just even working in an office and like you get really in your head all the time. And when you go for a walk, it kind of starts opening up that there's other things around and there's a whole other world out there. And Yes, yeah. And a whole other way of living or thinking or coping. Yeah. Yeah, I guess especially if you're with the amount of people you've met on these walks and, and the different lives that they have and the different, like the different experiences. And that must be amazing in itself. Yeah. Do you ever think about like living off the grid or something like that? Not a lot. I think about, I think about it more as a balanced thing. Like I like the comforts of home and I like technology. Like that's where I think I'm a little bit different than most is like my backgrounds in computers, but it's also in forestry and outside and like hiking. So I like that balance, but I definitely want to go, experience longer times in the woods alone and that kind of thing and it's it's a lot of it's a lot of work to live off the grid (laughs) yeah a documentary just came out about it um, and they i think all the families were in canada different parts of canada and um that was what i came away with it's a lot of work a lot of work yeah but I think I'm, I'm where you're at, that I, it just, and maybe as I get older or as I have had the opportunity to have these long walks, it, I want to see what it's like to, you know, spend chunks of time uh, in the wilderness kind of. Uh, but and even, I don't, even the broad experience of when I go longer term hike with Vicky versus going longer term by myself versus like, that's what I like about hiking is it's, it's no matter who's with you, you can go, like, it doesn't matter. Like I would like to play with uh, going out myself for multiple days and kind of playing with the psychology around that and just kind of working through that. I think it's a whole different experience. I want to say too, um, you talked about like inspiring people and that, that part of that heart and stroke program that I was spreading awareness about it was about like how incorporating daily walking can of course help your heart health but change your life and so like I did meet people on that hike who I don't know if you've met people like they came from a place where they were like yeah I just I can't get out and walk like that's just not something I can do like I'm way out of shape it's too painful like that I can't do that I'll have to figure out something else so they like joined this program or were encouraged by other people and made walking part of their life like people who had just changed entirely you know and then got inspired to give up smoking as well and you know coming from a place like I can't do that to being in a very healthy open place so 
I would, I would just encourage people, even if it's literally like a 30 second walk starting there, I yeah. just think that, yeah, anyone can do it. Oh, I think definitely. And I think some of that's just getting past that initial, for some people, it sounds like work. It sounds yes. like to get up and go for a walk, but it's probably yeah. one of the simple things you can do. And if you have a buddy, it's not even much easier. Yeah, definitely. If you have something to go with. Kind of a finishing question on what would you say is the largest benefit you've gotten from hiking overall? And I think we've kind of covered it in a whole bunch of different ways. <laughs> yeah, no, I do too. I would just say like, it's like making life worth living, you know, it's uh, like helping with your mental and physical and emotional health. And um, it's kind of like making you whole and uh, opening your mind. Yeah. And if you start, you might get addicted to it and go into bigger hikes and <laughs> right. walk around the other provinces and <laughs> and get more people addicted. Too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I talked a lot about the well-being, but I don't know if I talked about just the joy of exploring as well. And like, I'm amazed at the amount of work that you do, like to spread the word about exploring this area and. I just love exploring. <laughs> I love yeah. reading the books. I'm like, oh, I've been to that place or I haven't been to that place or I've been. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's such a huge part of it. And the, the, I guess the obvious difference of walking to explore an area rather than driving. But I think even there's a difference walking rather than biking. It may seem silly, but like a little experience of watching a butterfly land on a wildflower or something, you know, like that's like, it's, that's what our life's made up out of. Oh, yeah. I actually laid on the front lawn yesterday and was taking pictures of dandelions and <laughs> the neighbors must think I'm crazy, but. Yeah. <laughs> Loving life. Yeah. The driver for me to like hiking more than biking is more that I can't easily take pictures on a bike. Yes, right. It kind of drives that, but which is part of the bigger that you don't experience it in the same way as when you're on something that's kind of faster. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing is about hiking along the ocean is you totally miss any trouble with bugs. I think that's yeah. what I've discovered because yes. a lot of people who do, um, you know, extensive wilderness hiking, I think bugs are a major problem. Bugs are, yeah. I tried to sit out last night and the bugs are getting crazy around here yeah. but yeah but i i had an idea it might help with the bugs but like it, it was amazing like i really had no trouble with bugs at all yeah yeah no it's good that's a good thing because <laughs> it's a good the breeze, thing the, breeze, the breezes definitely do help though off of the ocean yeah sand flies are another whole thing but i had a bad experience oh, with right. sand flies and one of my on the funny footpath i was out overnight doing doing uh, night photography and I got out at 3 a.m. more because I wanted to see if the tide was going to hit the 10 or not. But okay. <laughs> but when I get out there, the sand flies were just absolutely horrible. Like it was just like my skin was on fire. <laughs> wow. Did, and you got like welts on your skin? Just little little specks. Yeah. But, so I, I haven't always, noticed that yet. <laughs> yeah. It's not always the case on the edges of the ocean. Yeah, I love the ocean. And we grew up in Miramichi actually. And uh Quack was we were there every every probably three or four times a summer kind of thing probably the same as you guys were with Wendy for the and, and, and that part like knocked my socks off the way that it's laid out and everything that's offered there it I it, I think it's extraordinary I think more people should know about it yeah no definitely did you go out around to Skumanak and back in around you did I think you hit yeah the, yeah 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 I, um, with Cushabiquac, I, I wanted to like experience the trails, yeah. but I, I didn't do what I mean. Like, I don't think I could have done the whole thing in a day. Anyway, I went out to Kelly's beach and then I kind of cut back and did part of the roadway up the middle. So. Oh yeah. You could try to crazy trying to do all the little. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's amazing. Final thing, is there any recommendation for somebody who want who would want to hike the same same routes or the same distances or it's a good question. And I would just reiterate that like life's not a race, you know, like enjoy it just the way that it works for you, you know. 
And I think I had more stamina in 2010 than I did in 2016 for long days. And that's just the way it is. But, uh, I think if, if I had stopped, if I'd started at, you know, six or seven every morning and stopped every day at 1 p.m., yeah. it would have been a much different trip than stopping every day at 6 p.m., you know. So, yeah. um, and it's okay, like it was what it was, but I definitely would recommend that. Would just take the time you need and who who says you have to stick to a certain schedule. Yeah, that's why I don't I don't get the trail running thing, but a lot of people are getting into trail running now and running things <laughs> as fast as they can. And <laughs> why? <laughs> accomplishment, I guess, a sense of accomplishment. Yeah, I, I could see that. I would like to set some bigger goals and adventures and push the boundaries that way. So I can see that. There's lots to explore and the gas bay for sure. Definitely want to get up there. You're going to love it. It's extraordinary. Make sure you do, you know, the different, the North and the South because they're both so exceptional in their you own say, way. You say the South side of gas bay is more sandy beaches. I felt North. like I was in Italy. Like it's, yeah. it was really exceptional. Yeah. That way. And then the landscape just changes entirely on the other shore. Wow. And of course, there's Forillon yeah. Park right at Park. the tip. And, and that's extraordinary too. <laughs> You'll love it. that all day now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. And keep hiking. Yeah, you too. Keep walking and keep spreading the word. For sure. I would just once again like to thank Emily Taylor Smith for giving me the time for an interview about her books and her long walks. It was fascinating to hear about all the locations and the people and the insights she's got about walking in general, but walking long distances specifically. And I'm hoping that she gets to do another long walk soon and writes another book. Both books are available on the Explore Everywhere Media web store. You can get to the web store from links on the Hiking MB website. I have more interviews planned for this summer for people who love hiking or are involved in hiking. The podcast will focus mostly on the interview style. I'm getting back into videos, so check out my YouTube channel at By Foot or By Paddle on YouTube, or you can find a link on any of the websites. Any of the adventures that we go on will probably be more on the video format and we'll keep the podcast more for the interview format. There's so many people out there I want to interview and I have quite a few lined up already. It'll be interesting conversations. Until next time, hope to see you on the trail.